Welcome back to the Crash the Pond podcast. It is a Monday, February 5th edition of the podcast. But more importantly, it is a Jake Rudolph birthday eve. It is. Podcast. It is. By the time you're listening to this, if you are not watching this live, it will be my Jacob Silverberg uh, birthday. It'll be your born day. It will be my born day. Yes. The same exact born day as someone we're going to be talking about in this episode, Adam Henrique. Born exactly one year ahead of me. I thought you and Sam Carrick shared a birthday for some reason. No, I think Carrick was yesterday. Yeah, should I should I out the story? No, no, the story stays in Discord. Wow, okay. Okay. We'll leave it there. Solani Steakhouse, yeah, that's all. Wonderful place, wonderful place. <laughs> but thank you, thank you. Yes, tomorrow is my birthday. Have had a fantastic little uh, couple days here. On Friday, went to a concert and saw Neck Deep. Uh, that was a really, really fun show. Saturday saw some friends. Sunday saw some family, and then took today and yesterday, or today and tomorrow off from work to just kind of have a little bit of a four day weekend. So, oh, you had the be, you have two days off. I took them off. Yeah, took vacation wow. days. Took two wow. vacation days to give myself a four day weekend. So you're you're going you're going all out. I respect that. Yeah, you know, I was going to take my birthday off, and then said, "Screw it, I'll take Monday off also." Wow. Had the okay. t- had well, the time had the time available made sense with work. So, yep, have a nice little four day weekend. Well, happy to hear that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Adventurous weekend. Yeah. If anyone who's listening to this right now tomorrow on Twitter dot com, just just mention Jake. Just at whatever his handle is at Reindeer Games anyone, and just put Happy Born Day in all caps. Okay. Just everyone flood his mentions with Happy Born Day in all caps. Okay. Oh, also forgot to mention that as a birthday present to myself, I got a new Tottenham hat just to make you happy. Yeah. So I am wearing that on the show. The the stained, messed up. Uh, oh, I guess my audio is a little lower. Let me uh, bring that up. So thank you, Mike, for pointing that out. Or maybe I'll lower Felix. Um, but now the, the stained, kind of really worn out uh, uh, Tottenham hat will be retired to being purely a workout hat. Yeah, you were you were defending that hat tooth and nail, and the mm-hmm. fact that you got a new one just is all the vindication I need. So I appreciate that. I mean, I had been looking for a new one for a while. I just could never <laughs> find one. So is it the same hat? No, it is not. This the other one was made by New Era. This one I found on Etsy. Okay, it's well, it looks pretty, the exact pretty, same. Pretty good quality Etsy hat. It looks the exact same from this vantage point. It but... fits different. It fits different. Okay, whatever you say. Yeah. yeah. On that note, we should probably start talking about the Ducks because we, we probably should. Very eventful Ducks. last week, right? Yeah, All Star Weekend has come and gone. Frank Vetrano got his, I almost said five minutes of fame, got his uh, All Star glory. Actually, scored a really nice goal in the All Star game, just a patented Frank Vetrano wrist shot on a breakaway. Ducks haven't played hockey in a little while now. They actually don't play again until Friday. Yep. So we have a bit of a lull in the schedule. It's but bye week. Yep. Yeah, but I do think that it's a time to really look at the fact that, yes, the trade deadline is coming up. It's still a ways away. But a really noteworthy thing happened over the weekend, mm-hmm. over the, the All-Star break, which is that Sean Monaghan was traded from the Canadians to the Winnipeg Jets. And he was on that short list of, you know, pending UFA trade target centers that were going to be available at the deadline. Elias Lindholm was also traded probably at the top of that list. And now 
all signs point to, I mean, all signs point to Adam Henrique will definitely be traded, but yeah. the fact that Monaghan has already gone, the fact that Lindholm is already off the board as well, that, that, that it happens so fast. I think that that's very good news for the ducks. Yeah. I, I definitely think the ducks are in a very, uh, desirable position as of right now, because, uh, there really aren't that many centers, and granted, Henrik's not a true center at this point in time in his career. That's what everyone's kind of, saying he is, so just, I, just I, roll with it. Well, yeah, I think from that perspective of uh, hyping him up, he's a center. But, I mean, he, he swapped between center and wing. This is the first season in a while that he's actually played center, um, even though he's been on the wing as of late. Um, but he's really kind of the only high-profile one left, and there aren't that many wingers, honestly, either that fit that mold of kind of the, the older-type player that's having a, a good season uh statistics wise and and some gms may come calling for him and so that put the duck puts the ducks in a good position where there aren't that many other teams that have players similar to adam henrique and there's a lot of teams that will be wanting to acquire adam henrique or a player of that ilk and so it puts them in the driver's seat as of right now the one thing that i would be caution or cautious of if i was pat verbeek is waiting too long because i think with this situation while patience can be a virtue I think in this situation where you have the top uh, top target, I guess is the best way to put it, on the market for for forward depth, um, you should strike while that iron's hot. Because as this entire time goes on, um, and, and as you get closer and closer to the deadline, it, it's kind of this weird balancing act, right? Where you could either have the selling team gets desperate. desperate. Once you get closer to the deadline, you're going to take less than you, you want because you have to move them. If you don't, then you're going to lose them for nothing over summer. Or on the flip side of that, the buying team could get desperate and really overreach for a guy. And so it's trying to figure out which side of that you are on. And I think from the buying team getting desperate, that only really works, I think, for the lower end guys in the dra- in the, the trade market where option C, D, E, and so on and so forth. Option A, as you get closer, I think teams are going to really uh, work on the fact that you have to move that guy. And so with that being the case, I think that Pat Verbeek moving him sooner than later will yield a better result than waiting and being patient in that situation. And so I think you don't take less than you want right now, but I think you have to be cautious of waiting too long too long, where you've lost your position of strength in the, bar, in the, the trade market uh, with Adam Henrique. And so... I think you're spot on, though, that the, the Monaghan deal really sets the stage. And for those, I, I think you mentioned this, but uh, Monaghan was moved to the Winnipeg Jets. The Canadians acquired a first-round pick and also, what is it, a conditional third-round pick with the condition being if Winnipeg wins the Stanley Cup, it's a th- they get the pick. So it's a very far-fetched additional pick, so it's most likely just going to be a first-round pick going to Winnipeg. Um but one thing that I think is always really, really good here is to look at comparable trades. And so that's an easy one to look at because it just happened when trying to establish value. But I was trying to look for for some other recent trades to try to figure out value. And one that came to mind of a winger um, last year, actually, that uh, could be a good comparison is Tyler Bertuzzi. Different age. But if you look at the stats that Bertuzzi had last year, they weren't these over-the-top numbers necessarily. And Boston gave up a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick for him at 50% retained, bringing down that salary cap to 2.375, which is fairly similar to where Adam and Rick's salary cap will go to. And so th- there's that trade. Um, there is also, I mean, 
a little bit of a different caliber of player, but Ryan O'Reilly wasn't having a fantastic season when he was traded from St. Louis to Toronto and St. Louis acquired a first round pick, a third round pick, a second round pick. Um, and I think two nothing Adam Goddett and uh, my Mikel. Yeah, I, I don't think he's a comparable. For okay, Henry. fair. I mean, but it's Ryan O'Reilly. It's right. That's more a reputation thing. But if you look at the yeah. numbers that they were putting up that same season, I just, it, it's similar. But I don't, I, I don't think you have to go that far back. Like we, we have a very direct sure. comparable with Sean Monahan. Sure. I, but I think the Bertuzzi comparable brings up maybe even getting think, more than a first. I think Bertuzzi is a different tier of player. Okay. Yeah. But regardless, you don't like my thing is you don't have to go back that far. Yeah. Yeah. The market right now is telling mm-hmm. you that this exact player archetype is worth a first round pick. Yeah. And, you know, we talked, I mean, we, we chatted about not on the podcast, not on mic, I guess on mic is the right term, not on air. We, we chat about how maybe Elias Lindholm would set some kind of floor or some kind of ceiling for Adam Henrique. And then Sean Monahan to me, getting a first round pick with basically the same production granted a lower cap hit also a little younger than Adam Henrique, but, to me, now that Adam Henrique is the only player, I think, of this archetype, this kind of mm-hmm. veteran center that can come in and help a team, I mean, the, the Ducks should be able to get a first-round pick here almost no matter what, just because of scarcity. Yep, yep, I would agree with that. I think that that should be the standard here for what they would be looking for. I think if they can get more than that, you you go running to the bank and, and don't look back. But yeah. if you can get a first-round pick, I, I think that that's a fantastic deal for this Ducks team to take Advan Reek and, and turn that into a first-round pick, which the Ducks don't even necessarily have to use. They can trade that and flip that for, for some other things. And we'll get into a situation where you could maybe even bundle Henrique with someone else and get something even more. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think the value's been set for Adam Henrique, and there's a lot of teams calling. I don't think that – I mean, here's the question, I guess, for you on this is, would you prioritize getting a prospect over a first round pick? Well, reading the tea leaves, it seems like prospects are more highly valued this year mm-hmm. than picks. Yep. Just because, you know, different factors, you know, teams not being as high on this year's draft after kind of that, that first tranche of players. And so I just don't think that you're getting a prospect of note for Adam Henrique. You know, if Sean Monahan, a comparable player who's cheaper, is getting you a first, you know, what's an equivalent value of prospect to a first round pick in this year's draft? Like, I just don't think that you're going to get a noteworthy prospect. So I think you're better off just locking in the first, maybe see if you can get another conditional pick like the Canadians did. Mm-hmm. And then, like you alluded to, go and later on if you want to deal that first round pick like we've seen the canadians do for maybe a more established young player that's an Mm -hmm. option or you can just make your pick but sure in an ideal world and and this is something that we'll get to as this podcast progresses the the ducks do go out and get a prospect a good prospect for adam henrique but i just i don't think that that's realistic based on just what we're seeing here and I'm just looking at the fourth period right now, but the teams reportedly linked and these match kind of all the different sites. Um, but Colorado, Nashville, Carolina, they had Winnipeg listed, but this was before the Monaghan deal. So I would assume that Winnipeg's out New Jersey, the Rangers and Edmonton. So pretty much all of those, I believe have their first round picks. Um, yeah, I, I, I would probably say if I had to guess, I would probably pick 
there are three teams that I'm eyeing in that group of Colorado, New Jersey, and the Rangers. Those, I I think, are the teams that I would target if I were the Ducks. And we'll get to why I think the Rangers are a fantastic team to really look at. Um, There's an article that came out today, but we'll get there in a a minute. Um, Anything else on Abin and Enrique? Well, I do think that you you touched on this early on, but just to reiterate, I do think that timing really matters here. Mm -hmm. Because right now, options are drying up. Buyers want to buy. And I think that there is a value if you're a contending team to get a player earlier, get him onto your roster and let him develop chemistry, figure out where he fits doing that sooner rather than later and potentially running that risk of, of it taking too long when you don't have the time. And so now that the options have dried up on the center market, I think that teams are going to get antsy. And if you're, if you're Pat Verbeek, I just think that you have to be realistic about how much can you really get for this player and how much more is really worth it versus the risk of potentially the price going down the longer you wait. So it's like, is it really worth waiting another month to get Mm -hmm. like a a higher conditional pick? Like, I don't think so. I think you just lock in that first round pick and you just, yeah, you you run to the bank. Yeah. (laughs) And the ducks are for sure retaining on the steel. We've seen Verbeek basically every single deadline, any sort of selling type move, where it's especially UFA, he's more than happy to retain on those types of deals to be able to get a better return. You look at, um, I think Manson, I think Manson, Raquel, and Lindholm, he did. I can't recall I off the top of my head. That's my uh, only on question the, as a hangup is is the fact that his his cap hit is significantly higher than Sean Monahan. Yeah, but I think when you do fifty percent retained, and I think the other important piece of the puzzle here is that we we always talk about salary cap as just the hard number in the AAV because that that's the simplest way to digest the salary cap and, and everything that comes with it. But it's not that simple. The way the salary cap works is it, is it accumulates per day uh, of the season. And so as of right now, the Ducks would have accumulated however many days in the season. I think it's like 60% of the, the season so far uh, of that cap on their cap sheet. So it's not as if the team they're trading that's trading for him would take on the whole, if you do 50% retain. No. Well, logically, it, wouldn't it still be higher? Yeah, no, it would, but the the range, and I actually put out a tweet about this, and so let me see if I can find it, but it's not this significant amount. It, like, yes, it's higher than Monaghan, but it's not this significant uh, difference. Let me see. So with absolutely no retention, because Monaghan was dealt with no retention, uh, he's at 1.985. Oh, where did this go? Um, uh, let's see. Sorry. Uh so, Henrique, if he was traded at 50% retention, this was the day of the Monaghan trade, so it would go down actually a little bit less. The Ducks are trading a $1.168 million cap hit. Monaghan, on the other hand, when he was traded, was 0.79. Okay. So, it was like a 200 k so there, difference. There's still a the difference. Two. There is a difference, correct. Yeah. You could also get a third team in to to help bring that that uh number down but that doesn't help the return for the ducks necessarily i mean i think if you're the ducks it just doesn't matter because he's an expiring contract anyway so you were oh yeah and you don't worry about it yeah i mean but that that's something i was going to mention though um while I you and i both that's probably the only hang up for verbeek is like how hard of a line are you willing to hold on that retention yeah well and i think this that's is how one, you drive up the value i think this is one point to bring up here of you and i are both in of the opinion that you should be looking to move him as soon as possible mm-hmm. um, to strike while the iron's hot. But there is the side of this where, because the cap does accumulate over time, a month is a significant amount of time. 
And so while there's the plus side of that, of you get him in earlier, he can mesh with your team, everything like that. If the team were to wait a month and then deal for Henrique, the cap hit that they are accruing would be less because the Ducks would be accruing that extra month on their salary cap for Adam Henrique. So there is that at play with teams potentially wanting to wait. There's there's a lot of teams and there's only one player now. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know how much that'll matter. Sure. It's just something that I think is worth bringing up. It is worth bringing up. Yeah, for sure. And Um, so, but yeah, I think that's all I've got on Henrique at least. Yeah. And so moving on to, I guess the, the other big name that's been mentioned, it was mentioned today. uh, Frank Vetrano's name has been out there a a little bit. Well, Um, we should define out there. So go for it. Arthur Staple, the beat writer for the athletic for the New York or covering the New York Rangers. And then Eric Stevens, we all should know by now they did a joint article, just kind of spitballing an Adam Henrique plus Frank Petrano trade idea to the Rangers. And I thought it was an interesting read just because it's certainly a plausible scenario. Like I, I don't think that it's super far fetched to, to think about because for the Rangers, they clearly could use the forward depth. Adam Henrique would help them in that regard. And then Frank Petrano gives them a guy who can play in their top six or their third line, and he has a year left on his deal. Meanwhile, they have a pick to trade. They have younger pieces. So there's a world in which it makes sense for both teams. Now the question becomes, you know, how feasible is it? I'm just going to start with this. Just want to get this out of the way. I think you might be better off, depending on the return, of course, trading them separately, because I feel like independently, they might each be worth at least a first-round pick. And so if you both, if you trade them to the same team, I don't think a team is giving up, like the Rangers aren't giving up two first round picks. I don't think they even no. have their pick next year. So you might, you might actually get less if you trade them together is my hypothesis. It, it's possible, but I mean, so I think the deal I would really be targeting here and the player I would be specifically targeting here would be Capo Caco. Because I think a late first round pick, you're going to be lucky absolutely lucky if that player becomes Kako. Um, even in though he has not lived up to the billing of a second overall pick in the draft, he has become a good NHLer and still is only 22, 23 or 22 years old going to turn 23 soon. And a late first round pick is most likely not going to even become that. I think it, it was something I think uh, Ken Pafu, Tony and our uh, discord today put like 65% of late first round picks don't play uh, over a hundred games in the NHL. So mm-hmm. it, it you're taking a shot at the lottery ball with that first round pick and you might just end up at best with the Capo Caco in that situation. So if you're able to get that with a guy that fits your aging window and ha- also has ability to grow, I think that would be a really, really good uh, way to go about it. And if you could somehow get for Henrique and Vitrano a first round pick and Caco, that is, I think, worth doing regardless. And you should definitely be looking to keep them together if that's a deal that's on the table. Obviously, this is all hypothetical. It may not be on the table. That may not be there. And you may be right of splitting up, getting a first round pick for each of them is the better way to go. Well, it just depends what you're after. And it's and it's something that you pointed out, which is that are you better off getting the exact commensurate trade value for each player? Mm-hmm. Or are you better off kind of leveraging what you have to get maybe what you need or what you want more than just, you know, getting the right pick value? So Capocaco, yeah. a Capocaco type player... We've talked about it a bunch with this Ducks team. 
a late first right now, honestly, the, the, the value of a late first for this Ducks team might be more so flipping that for an established younger player, mm -hmm. a distressed asset. And so Capo Caco, in theory, is that. I mean, I don't know if distressed is the right word. He's a guy who hasn't necessarily lived up to, to his draft stock, but mm -hmm. there's still talent there. There's still potential. Mm -hmm. You're kind of having your cake and eating it too in that scenario where, where you get the pick and you get the player. Would you do that if it was like a second or third round pick in Capo and, and Caco? No, you would no, because that's okay. too far off. Okay, that's too well, yeah. far off. Yeah, and I mean it, it, it's kind of like, like you right, can't the, shortchange yourself either. No, but it's figure out what you're prioritizing, right? And, and figuring yeah. out it, what's your what are you going to value here more? Would you rather get Caco and and even if it's a second round pick, or would you rather hold on to them and get two first round picks and go with the lottery ball and figuring out what you prioritize more? It, it's kind of similar to I guess maybe looking at the Drysdale in a second for uh, Gauthier trade of. Maybe the Ducks overpaid a little bit by adding that second round pick there, but they got a position that they really needed depth in and needed to add to and use that position of strength to get it. And they're also going to recoup that second round pick at, at least at this deadline. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's just figuring out what you prioritize and where that's going to go. I mean, go. I also, like full disclosure, like I have not watched a ton of Capo Caco's NHL career. Sure, same. And like his numbers are, are decent. Some of the tracking data, at least from last season, is interesting. Some some good playmaking numbers, but he's still young. He had 18 goals last year. Like I don't know a ton about him. So maybe if I had just had a fuller grasp on him as a player, maybe I'd be more... I wouldn't care as much about what where the pick landed because um, he's still like a premium asset. You know, he's not like a throwaway player by any means. Yeah. And so... Yeah, like if you really believe in Capo Caco and you decide, you know what, I don't care as much about the first round pick anyway, I would understand that. I just think that it depends what game you're trying to play, I guess. If you're if you're just playing the trade deadline game where you know pretty much what everything is worth, that is probably a little bit underneath the value of what I would expect. But if you just want to improve your team and you think that's the player to do it, then I mean, screw it. Like Adam Henrik's He's not, not going to be on the plans. team. Yeah. He's not going to be part of the Toronto. It's yeah. not like you're giving up like a John Gibson, like a, like a true trade trade chip yeah. in that scenario. Yeah. And, and Vetrano, I, I know there's going to be some blowback from people about why would you trade your, your leading goal scorer? And anyone listening to the show probably understands where we're coming from here of Vetrano is shooting at an unsustainable pace. It's already started to, to slow down a bit. He's having a good season. Like yeah. completely. <laughs> and, and so at this point you need to sell him while his value is high and he may not replicate this season next year. And I mean, is Frank Vetrano a long-term player for this ducks franchise? No, I don't see him as a fit for that. And so I think prioritizing that asset right now, and this is going to honestly be a real test of Pat Verbeek and how he views this team, because he's gotten a lot of the deadline trades, correct but they are the more layup type situations where Obvious. they are guys they are guys that you have to move and now granted we saw with prior regimes that even those layup situations can be screwed up and extended and not done properly so Verbeek does deserve his credit for that but i think Vetrano is really the first situation where he has an asset that has term left that is a val very valuable cap hit and also could be retained on because the ducks probably aren't going to be tight to the cap and they can do retention this year and next easily to improve that asset. And it's not and, a lot of money to retain either. No. And so seeing and really prioritizing that and getting something that will help you long-term out of that, because 
Adam Henrique was really kind of this player last season for the Ducks, but it was a shame that he got hurt, um, mainly because that kind of tanked his trade value last deadline and teams were kind of wanting to stay away because of the injury. And so um, I think it's going to be an interesting litmus test to see how Pat Verbe candles this team. Um, I guess what's what's the rationale for not trading Frank Petrano? I think if Pat Verbeek thinks that he's a, a veteran for this team long-term and he wants to extend him. Yeah. that That's yeah. the rationale of he gets an extension. He's a veteran player. Give him a three-year extension into his early 30s uh, on this team because he provides what you want. Um, I just don't necessarily see that. I, I don't see him having that value that you would want there. Um, but so some comparables. I, I have two kind of, of varying different levels of success. Um, the most recent one was last deadline where Nino Niederreiter was moved for a second round pick. I don't think Niederreiter had as good of a season, but he, I was trying to look for guys with term. And so he had a year left on his deal, $4 million cap hit. Um, and so went to Winnipeg from Nashville and got a second round pick back for Nashville. I think Vetrano has more value than Niederreiter did at the last deadline. So I don't know if that's a great comparable. Um, and that's like some sort of floor. Yeah. But in February February 16th of 2020, uh, there was a deal. This was actually one that Patrick, uh, present from who's now at the Hockey News, I don't know, uh, formerly with later rivals, still will be on their pod, um, but uh, pointed this out that the Blake Coleman trade uh, from where Tampa acquired Blake Coleman and New Jersey got Nolan Foot a first-round pick, uh, or two first-round picks. Or yeah, sorry, sorry, no. That. Uh, let me, I'm, I'm trying to reread the conditions. No, sorry. Nolan foot and a first round pick, but there were conditions on that first round pick. So they yeah. got Nolan foot, who was a recent first round pick and an additional first round pick. So, I mean, that sets the precedent there where kind of, you have the varying different degrees, a second round pick and then a good prospect and a first round pick. So I, I, mean, I, I think, think he's closer to Blake Coleman than he is Niederreiter in terms of value, especially with the contract situation. Yes. Cause that, uh, that to me is the kicker is that. Yeah he kind of fits exactly what all the play, playoff teams want and he's just not expensive at all. Yep. Exactly. So, yep. So yeah, I mean, I think I just don't really see a good reason not to trade him. If I'm being honest, like it's great that he's having this awesome season. It's great that he's kind of maybe become like a, a leader on this team, but it's very unlikely that the ducks would sign his next contract anyway, given what he's probably going to be able to go get with the season he's having and just the, his career arc. So what's better for the team long-term and even short-term? I think it's to go and try to get, you know, draft picks, younger mm-hmm. pieces to help kind of bolster this rebuild. And, you know, like you talked about the shooting percentage, like he's at 13.8% on the season. His career is 10.6. You know, there was a time where he was at like 29%. Yeah. So he's come all, like he's almost come all the way down. And so the regression's pretty much already hit. Yes, he's still shooting a bit above that, but I think now is the time. Like, yeah, you're going to, like, yes, you in theory, you could still trade it next deadline. You could still get a first-round pick, but this should be the apex of his value. There's well, just no good reason not to do it now. And I guess from the perspective of you're subtracting the, one of the best scorers from this team, um, and how is that going to be taken in the locker room? I mean... He has not been, well, it's not just, it sucks. Yes, but he's not been one of the top scorers for this team of recently. He has not been one of the play drivers for this team. 
He has not been someone that has been a difference maker for this team lately. Well, and he didn't just score the big overtime goal. Yeah. No, which for people sure. Are gonna, which Push kind back of sticks on, in your memory. Yeah. But I would not put that as something where he kind of drove a lot of that play there. He found himself in a good spot, and Troy Terry hit him with a fantastic pass on a two-on-one. And good for Vitrano for being able to bury that. But that doesn't necessarily change my my point here because that's really the most memorable thing he's done in, in the last little bit. Um, and also, by the time the deadline passes, you're going to have Zegers coming back. Goche, pretty soon after that, is going to be joining this team. You could have guys coming in on the other side of that that will also help out this team. So it's not this situation where you're potentially just completely subtracting from the team. There are going to be additions coming in soon. Um, And I mean, Troy Terry has been absolutely driving this team also lately. And so that's not going to change at this deadline. So um, let's uh, pause for a really quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll get back into some of trade deadline preview with some of the more quick hitting hitters out of this situation. So roses are red, violets are blue. Trim your balls and your date will thank us too. What's up, fellas? Valentine's Day is knocking and Manscaped is the remedy for what the love doctor ordered. His prescription, the all-new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, designed to elevate your grooming game and shine like the heartthrob you are. Join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com to stack 20% off plus free shipping with the code CTP. So let's talk about the hero for Valentine's Day, the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. The electric trimmer features skin-safe technology guarding your V-Day treasure against any grooming mishaps. It also comes with their brightest LED spotlight yet. It's brighter than your uh, best romantic smile, perfect for for precise grooming even in the trickiest spots. Oh, it's waterproof too, making shower shaves a breeze. But hey, Let's, uh, that's not everything the love doctor ordered. This package also features the weed whacker 2.0 nose hair trimmer, manscapes, liquid formulations, and two free goodies, the shed travel bag and boxers 2.0 because comfort is king for all my dogs. And for a happy ending, there's the manscaped refined cologne. It's the Valentine's day touch to your grooming routine. Elevate your grooming routine and set the stage for a romantically smooth celebration. And for the bearded Kings, Manscaped brings you the Beard Hedger Pro Kit, designed to shape your scruff effortlessly. It sculpts cheek lines and maintains beard styles, giving you that suave look for your romantic moments. Seamlessly hand, uh, handling even thicker beards, it's the perfect tool for a polished, date-ready appearance. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with code CTP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code CTP because your grooming upgrade awaits Ready to charm your Valentine's dates. All right. So I don't really have anything else in the trade deadline. If you wanted to jump to questions. Uh, I mean, the only other thing to mention is just other names that we think will get moved. I think obvious, obvious one is Ilya Labushkin. I would expect what they trade a fourth round pick. I think if you get a fourth round pick back or a third round pick that that's a good return for well, him. It sounds like a lot of contenders want blue liners. Yes, and so, especially a right-hand shot blue liner. So maybe they end up getting I mean, a little Sam bit Carrick's more. Sam Carrick's a UFA. Sam Carrick's a UFA, and there could be a team knocking for him. Uh, do we still think Max Jones I, potentially has moved? I, I just think the fact I don't he think hasn't he's played, played in a while hurts. Yeah. Um, but Urho Vakanainen, do you think he's moved? I mean, that's the one that I think is the trickiest one because if you look at, like, he's had a really good season. He's played well. He's kind of shown us that he can be more than just like a seventh defenseman. And I think that that's a really cool story. But if you look at 
the amount of left hand left shot D's that the ducks have coming up both on their roster now and coming up in the next few years. I just don't see how you can really make room for Vakanine. And I guess, you know, more depth is always better, but the fact that he's playing well, the fact that he's an RFA, you know, you could qualify him and just bring him back and see what happens, you know, a short-term deal that takes him to UFA and just have him as depth. But why not just kind of cash in on the season he's had yeah. on a guy that probably doesn't really fit your long-term window anyway? Yeah. I think and that it, it's kind of a similar reasoning to Vetrano, even though it's different contractual status. Yeah. And ex Nicholas Rage brings up that he hopes that we keep Vakanai. He's been the second best overall D-man outside of Gudis probably. And he's definitely been been good and deserves the praise that he he's gotten. Um, but it's a situation of kind of reading the tea leaves, right? Of Olin Zellweger looks NHL ready. Pavel yep. Minchikov is NHL ready. Jackson Lacombe, I think, deserves a spot on this team. What like So that's three lefties. <laughs> three three lefties right there. And then you have Fowler, Gudis, and who am I missing on the right side? Um, well well, right now that's the open spot for next season. Sure. Yes. So yeah. from from a long term logjam perspective, yes. Yeah. And, and so that could be either a Drew Hell. I mean, Drew Hellison needs to get a look. Um, like uh, and uh, Tristan I mean, Leno. Tristan Leno will probably get a look out of Tr- training camp next Tristan season. Tristan Leno will probably get a look. And yeah. so th- there's just this logjam here. So someone does need to get moved out of this situation, and I don't think. And I think if you're going to trade someone, it shouldn't be a Jackson Lacombe. I think Jackson no. Lacombe should be on this team. He's younger than back and I, I think has a higher ceiling. And so you're cashing in on Vakanine and having this resurgent good season. And it's not exactly. Um, yeah. It, it's, I mean, it, I don't think it's the end of the world if they re-sign him to a short-term deal sure. to just be a depth defenseman. Sure. But I think yeah. for his sake, he deserves to have a He's role not going to play much. Yeah. And I mean, there, there's a bunch of people saying kind of Fowler should be shipped out. Fowler is not going to get moved. He's just That's not. not happening unless like, big he things happen behind the scenes like that's not happening unless like fowler is uh asked for a trade or i mean he's playing 25 minutes a night it's yeah, not like, a, like, like the team goes to him the team values agree him. something like that but yeah like i don't even think they go to him like if they if they were in that situation he would not be paying playing 25 minutes a night i mean point is just that a lot of things need to happen for that team sure. to be a remote sure. possibility sure I, I think Fowler's not going to get moved. So I, I think just kind of having that conversation isn't necessarily worth it. And it's something I think should be kind of sh- just thrown out a little bit. I know it's th- put out there by a lot of people and just isn't a relevant conversation, I think, to be had. Um, so, oh, yeah. Speaking of guys coming back eventually, Alex Kalorn's going to be back also. Speaking yeah. of when Vetrano, like, there are guys that will come back if Vetrano is moved to fill in the spots and, and yeah. score goals for this team. Yeah, um, so I could see Vakanainen move because, I mean, you look at Gustav Lindstrom. He's the same age as, as Vakanainen. They're both 25. He's also an RFA, but he's a right shot D. So if anything, he kind of fills a bigger need just depth-wise for next season. You know, he's got an obvious spot. Assume, you know, whatever happens with Luneau or Hellison, who knows what will happen there. Who knows if the Ducks will make a move in the offseason, but... All this to say that, sure, if you if you bring back Vakaninen, he'll probably be your seventh defenseman. I really think it's quite likely that Zellweger and Minchikov take steps forward. Same with Lacombe. Maybe one of those young guys struggles a bit, and he's kind of your insurance. But 
I don't know. It, it's just, I don't see it as a great situation for both the team and the player, basically. Yep. All right. So question time. Yep. All right. So, uh, or actually, sorry. One thing I want to mention, uh, Troy Terry is an absolute monster. He is so, so good and deserves all of the praise. Yeah. He's played well. Yep. So that was it. Uh, I'm trying to scroll back to all of the questions that we have. Uh, so I, I think this is the start of it. Caden Lindstrom said, how should an effective four check work work? Should it uh, vary based on the players you have? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to answer that question because there's so many different strategies that you can use. Also, like, there's your offensive zone forecheck. There's your neutral zone forecheck. But the main goal, at least I think the the rule of thumb, is you're trying to keep pucks from coming up the middle. So you're trying to make sure that all the action sticks to the walls. Um, but yeah, it's going to vary depending on your personnel. Yep. Uh, Fire Newell Brown Trumpinger saying, is Olin Zellweger here to stay? I don't think so for this season. I mean, could be proven wrong by that, of course. You know, depending what happens at the trade deadline, who knows? But I think that once Minchikov is healthy, there's probably just... I mean, unless, like, Vakanainen has just scratched the rest of the season, I don't I don't know if we see Zellweger the, the rest of the way. I mean, you could see Vakanainen on the right side, potentially. Um, if Labushkin has ended up being moved, um, okay, like th- th- there are ways to do it. And that's something we didn't mention. Zellweger was sent back down to the AHL, but I think it was just during the bye week. So he could play I mean, games. I just don't even think the that all-star game. This is not even worth mentioning until we, or I should say it's not worth mentioning, but I don't think set down to the AHL means anything until NHL games resume. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So good point, but just worth mentioning to keep an eye on if he's going to come back up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if they send him down for the rest of the season, I don't think it's a bad call either like clearly the ahl time is helping him um but right now he definitely has earned a longer look uh give 19 the c drum banger said which ducks def- or which defenseman will the ducks get a higher trade return for labushkin or vakanainen i mean vakanainen makes the most sense but at the same time i feel like labushkin might be more highly thought of around the league so i don't know <laughs> I think because of the term, it would be Vakaninen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how people view Vakaninen, to be honest. And also the fact that he's an RFA, like our team's kind of leery of his injury history. Like, I don't know. Salem has now jumped on my lap. Uh, So let's see. Dr. Plant Wrench, PhD Thugonomics said, who is the next person called up from the goals to make their debut and who should it be? I don't know. I think that just watching a Ducks game or a goals game very recently. I thought Nikita Nesterenko looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. I could see him getting a look. I, and I think that's, that might answer both who should it be and who will it be? Cause I don't, if it hasn't been Pavel Regenda by now, I don't think it will ever be. Yeah. So I'll go Nesterenko. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, I would agree with that with Nesterenko. Bring Greg home said, uh, is Troy Terry playing the best hockey of his career right now? And if so, will Felix redeem himself and with, uh, and with him a good morning. Wish him a good morning. I think wish him a good morning. I mean, I've, I've been on, I've been banging the Troy Terry drum. So the best hockey of his career though. I mean, maybe cause he's, it really does feel like he's carrying the team in a way that I don't think he has before. Yeah, he's just been absolutely dominant. I think anytime he's on the ice, the Ducks are just completely dominating play. He's it's definitely been a lot of fun added, to watch. 
he's added layers to his game for sure. Yep. Uh, give 19 the seed drumbanger said, who's more likely to get called up this season? Add Andrew Agazino or Chase DeLeo? I mean, one is at 0% and one is at like 0.0001%. Okay. Which one's which? Agazino's likelier. Really? I think DeLeo's likelier. Why? I think he's been more productive, hasn't he? I mean, he can barely skate. Like, wow. Agazino is a better hockey player. Okay. Wow. Your hatred of number 6'9". It's just an objective assessment of watching him play. There's a reason he's not in the NHL. <laughs> bring bring Greg home said, if Kako is available, we do this. Also, I don't think I mentioned this. All these questions right now are from our Patreon-exclusive Discord. Go to patreon.com slash crashthepawn. You get access to, to our Discord. We go to there for all of our questions to start. So that is where they're coming from. Uh, they're coming from. We'll come to Twitch and YouTube after that. So uh, he said, if Kako is available, are we doing it? I mean, depends on the price. I think he fits what the Ducks want. I think him and Kaliev are two guys I would try I, to. I just think Kako, in the environment that the Ducks are building with all these young, skilled forwards, mm-hmm. where he'll get a legit opportunity, is a lot more interesting than the Kako that we've seen on the Rangers. Yep. Uh, I would agree with that. I think him and Kaliev, I think Kaliev's a much tougher player to get just because of the rivalry there and figuring out a deal to make that work. Um, Shaking Wing said, settle the debate. Who would have been the best player during the Getzloff and Perry era to be on their left wing? No restrictions to just the Ducks. Oh, that ball. You you answered this one. Uh, could Let's Ovi play on it? Could Ovi be on his offside? Oh, we're going that far out. He said no restrictions to just the Ducks. Who would have been the best player during the, the Getzloff and Perry era to be on their left wing? Isn't Ovi a left winger? I thought it was a right winger. Am I? No. Okay. Then Ovi. Yeah. Ovi. There we go. Easy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bring Greg home said, uh, we are halfway through the season. Who are your picks to win the cup? I was, At- I was almost going to change the answer to Crosby since we can do any position. Yeah. But Crosby's a center. I would go with a wing. Crosby's just a better player. Yeah. No, I got it. But prime prime Ovechkin on that line would be crazy though. Yeah. Uh, who's your pick to win the cup halfway through the season? Oh, man, I feel like I need to check back in after the deadline. But pre-deadline, I don't know. I feel like the league feels really open this year. Oilers. Yeah, Oilers is probably the the safe pick. Yep. You know what? I'm going to say Vancouver Canucks no, just to piss gonna, you off. They're going to fall out. You keep saying that. No, they're going to be saying that like as they're lifting the cup, you're going to be, they're going to fall off. The cup's going to, they're going to drop the cup. (laughs) Yep, exactly. (laughs) Um, Give 19 the seed. uh, Oh, wait, we already answered that question. Uh, Ken and deal said, Vetrano is one more year and we could easily retain half salary for 1.825 for this year and next. This would be tremendous help for a cash trap team to gain a projected 30 goal scorer. Seems like the deal of the decade for a top tier team. Ducks would likely, uh, likely to want at least a true top end prospect back for value who are a few ideal trade partners and who could we realistically get back what could we be accomplished with adding picks also is there really any team that could actually absorb gibson gibson's contract that needs goaltending anyone who needs it uh that badly is likely cast strapped as they are in win mode um i think we talked about the rangers already as being a likely candidate if vetrano is moved i think getting a capo caco back um The other so these are the other players linked um just per the fourth period, uh Detroit and the Islanders. Yeah. Um 
I mean, I don't think there's some anything bad with just getting back picks. No. But I think you're getting back those picks be, to get assets, and then you can potentially use them to get other assets. Also, teams just don't really trade top prospects. Yeah. Like, that just doesn't really happen. There's a reason why the Gauthier trade was so unique. Yeah. Like, I just don't think that that's... Like, you're not getting, like, Simon Edvinson from the no. Red Wings, just as, like, an example of, like, a, a top prospect. Also, is the Gibson dream dead this season, given the way the Devils are flapping in the wind? No, I think that might make it even more likely. How desperate are they is the question. Yeah, that like, and, and I honestly think any team can make that type of deal happen with Gibson's cap hit. They they just have to be creative and being able to will be willing to move a player out to get money out. Well, like because that, that, I think Dom has the Devils as like thirty eight percent to make the playoffs now. So, yeah, which is why I think they're probably going to be desperate. So, I mean, at the end of the day, for like you know that they're looking at numbers too. Like so. a de- a devil's contract or something like that, or a devil's trade, the Ducks would be taking back Vitek Vanacek for sure. So that yeah. takes about half of Gibson's contract uh, out. So you're getting taking back three point four mil, and they're adding six and change. And if you if the Ducks retain a little bit, which I would be very hesitant to do because <laughs> of the term on the deal. Yeah, like that. That's the tough part. That's but probably if, why the deal doesn't happen ultimately. I don't think the Ducks will retain. I don't think they should retain you. That's what I'm saying. I don't think, I just think it's a stalemate. And yeah. I don't know what unlocks it. I, like maybe you do, you take back Vanacek and Toffoli. I don't know. Or Halla. Like you take, take back a, a deal that they view as maybe being somewhat negative value and they can move that money out. You take back know. Halla, you take back Vanacek. That's Gibson's contract. Sure. Like that's money in money out. Could so, work. You just have to be creative and whether or not NHL GMs want to do that is a whole uh, different question. That's the thing. Um, Ducks Dragonet said, make your predictions. When do the Ducks win their uh, next playoff series and who do they eliminate? Oh, man. I'll go 2026 and they eliminate the LA Kings. Yeah, I think for some reason, I feel like their first playoff series back is going to be against the Kings. Yeah. So Um, Sean Seabolt said, who would be the next Duck to lift the cup? Who'll be the next duck? So current duck? That's what I'm trying to figure out. That could change teams? Yeah, let's go with that. So I'll go with Adam Henrique. If Adam Henrique goes to the Rangers, is he lifting the cup? Potentially. That's a no. Um, if he goes to the Oilers. I'm going to say... Oh, geez. Salem has decided to start playing with a ball. Uh, what about Labushkin on on Toronto. Maybe. I'll go Labushkin. Yeah. Uh he also asked, is Brett Leeson legit? Yeah, I mean he's legit insofar as you know his role is concerned. Like it's never gonna be a first line scoring type, but he's he's a solid player. Yep. And they also asked, is there a reason McGinn isn't getting more games? You know, I think it's great that Brock McGinn can skate fast. But, like, we need to stop pretending that he's this, like, elite player. Like, he should be playing over Ross Johnson, undoubtedly. Yes. And I guess the answer to that question is Ross Johnson. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, Duck Dragonet said, how concerned are you about the coaching situation in Anaheim? Does replacing Newell Brown solve the problem? What is the coaching situation? Just like yeah, the general. Yeah. I think there's been a little bit, mainly in our discord about pushback about Greg Cronin and his impact on this team and whether he's the right guy for the job. 
And so, I mean, yeah. I'll let you kind of give your take on this before I jump in. So I'm not concerned about it. I think Greg Cronin has, I mean, the roster is better. We should know, but also he has elevated this team's play by pretty much every measure, whether it's the eye test, the numbers, like the team is better. The team mm-hmm. is still not very good, but the, but they're what their leagues better than what they were last year. And the that only, is, sorry, that is Go important on. to note. But I think that the way Greg Cronin coaches this team just doesn't line up with the, their best players, and it also doesn't line up with what their team is gonna look like. This kind of like smash mouth, four checking, all out style. I just don't know if that's what this team is really being built up to be. Now, could it still work? Sure, but I do have some concerns about that, but those are more far off concerns. And replacing Noah Brown doesn't solve that problem, but it might solve the problem of the power play just being awful. Yeah, I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there of uh, system-wise, I think there are going to need to be some tweaks from Cronin here because just the horses that he has long-term don't necessarily match exactly what he's stating. Now, granted, is he making this system and really kind of promoting this system right now because of the guys he has or like but the guys he has a lot of them are the guys he's gonna have sure but i think the bottom six is gonna change significantly over that time period but overall concern like this ducks team is significantly better like you said the only spot where they're not better which is i think where this pushback is coming from for some people at cronin is the record of the team like the record of the team is not reflective of actually those increases and improvements with the team and so i i understand the frustration there but this team is, it's night and day. I think if you were to go back and watch a 10-game stretch of last season, you would understand fire, fire. how much better this team is overall than they were last season. And so they have made market improvements, and Greg Cronin deserves credit for pulling this team out of that. Because that is not easy to do. Yeah, um, but I do think in year two, we need to eliminate all of that talk. Agreed. Like, it, it, well, it's great that he's pulled them out of that, and it's not an easy thing to do not not discounting it at all but year two like the bar is now higher the bar is now the bar he's setting this year yeah there have to be continual improvements you can't see a step back in that so i I think that that is completely fair um let's see bring greg home said rank your most hated teams from one to three and give reasons why no matter how petty um (laughs) number one detroit red wings um just historically all the 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 playoff series with that team, and then I feel like the whole Zegras uh, versus Cider debate really revamped that for me and just, and just how much I absolutely despise that team and that fan base and how they view themselves as being um, the that the NHL hates them and that they're out to get them and all this stuff. When Isn't they that are how Ducks fans feel about themselves, about yeah, the fair. Every, I mean, every fan base does, okay. but. Okay. I think the Red Wings, who are the golden boy of the NHL, to feel that way is they're not they're not the golden boys anymore. Uh they I mean, are still one they are still one of the marquee franchises. Yeah. So okay. uh number two, probably Chicago. That that's kind of self explanatory. Yeah. Um number three, probably LA. I was gonna say no no LA. <laughs> there you go. Okay. How about you? Boston, obvious rivalry with the Canadians. Mm-hmm. Number two, Philly. They're just insufferable in every sport. And then my number three. Oh, man. Part of me wants to say I'm torn. I have three candidates for the spot. Number one is Toronto. 
just because of all the noise around them. And you could lump in Edmonton with them as like just kind of annoying noise around teams. But I've gotten to the point where I just feel bad for Toronto. So I kind of like want to see them do well. Yeah. And then the other one is Arizona, just because all the shit with Tyson Nash. True. LA, just because I just feel like sometimes they just have the weirdest like online discourse. (laughs) And also they have some unlikable players. So LA is a candidate. And then lastly, I'm throwing in a fifth team or six. I don't know how. Yeah, you were asked for three and you're at like five. I have a lot of hate in my heart. You do. You do. Tampa Bay. Because boy, oh boy, was I reminded this weekend that Nikita Kucherov is just not a likable person. He is a heel. Yeah. He is, did you see Did you see the All-Star the no. skills competition? I was busy all weekend and missed okay. the skills well, competition. It's all, missed it's all on YouTube game. on the NHL channel, so you can watch it. But basically, Nikita Kucherov didn't try at all in the skills ah. competition. Okay. Everyone else was going pretty hard yeah. because a million dollars is on the line. Yeah. And he... They did a passing challenge where, like, you have to skate up and down the rink and try to hit targets as you're moving. He just flung the puck in their general direction, like, not even trying to aim. And the crowd was legit booing him, like, loudly. And he was, like, egging them on, and it was legit, like, a wrestling heel. That's awesome. But Good for him. He's also just very annoying on the ice. He seems a great player, so yeah, love them in, too. Uh, Brad said, there are so many trade rumors involving the Ducks. Which one do you think is most likely to happen? And who is the Ducks starting goaltender on opening night next season? Can we just address that Brad spelled the Ducks with an X? Yeah. I yep. kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, lo- most likely to happen is Ab Henrique. Like, yeah. that, that's easy. And Ducks starting goalie on opening night next season, Lucas Tostal. I'm going to say John Gibson. Okay. I Chalk figured pick. you would, which is why I went different. Chalk pick. Um, Shaken Wing said, which storylines are you tired of talking about? Give a top five. I mean, I'm just going to go with one, which is one we're about to get into. The Trevor Zegers trade discussion. I'm so sick of it. I mean, there is no discussion. It's just people forcing it. Yeah. And uh, so to follow up that, Isaac said, thoughts on this tidbit of info from our friend Frank. And it was the Puck Empire post that has gone around the internet today. And... Can can I just can I just say this? Yeah. Puck Empire is on my shit list. Yeah. They've been on my shit list for a long time because it's just extremely frustrating because I don't want to give Frank any credit here for any of this because I hate the reporting around this. I think a lot of it's been really as you brought up irresponsible on his side from the set fact of I don't think any of this is coming from the Ducks. This is all from others people that are asking and it's very likely Verbeek has said as listen doesn't mean he's likely to trade him but you have puck empire putting out this quote i don't really even want to read it so i'm not and just crediting hat tip frank saravalli not putting where it's coming from not putting it for any context for what frank said I mean, here you saw frank Cervalli's take on sydney Crosby oh which was weekend, just right? absolutely garbage absolutely yeah. garbage the um, guy sucks yeah he sucks so I don't really want to give him any credit here, but I'd like to at least be able to find the quote yeah, to hear how he says it. They should it. put the link in the description. They really should. So and yeah. so like, hell, I went because I was curious and it was floating around. I was like, I want to see. I listened to the DFO show. I skimmed to their Q&A because none of the segments made sense for it. No mention of it. I went to their daily show that they do. Same thing. Went to the Q&A. Nothing. Um, so I'm like, I have no idea where this came from. Was he just on a random podcast and mentioned it and it was, uh, sent to them. 
But it's just like, it's frustrating because it's like, I at least want to be able to put out what he actually said and put an audio of it to hear it and make my own conclusions off he said of, this is a garbage opinion of his that is his opinion. Because as much as I dislike Frank, the info that he gets is typically good. It's his interpolation or, inter- or sorry, interpretation, not interpolation, interpretation of that information and opinion on that information that is usually garbage. Yep. And so understanding what side of that this is, is important here. And they're not even posting that. So I take all of this with a grain of salt. I would not buy into any of this. Like, and, and also from the perspective of contract talks getting nasty, Verbeek said it back at the time. Like he's been on the player side of this. I don't think Verbeek would have taken anything personally in this situation. And Zegers is under club control. So I, this is just much to do about nothing. Yep. So that's all. That was a lot about nothing. I was going to say, if it's much to do about nothing, sure doesn't sound like nothing. It was but... venting. It was venting about the reporting around it, though, but not about this the is, actual. This is, it's okay to have this be a therapy session. I yeah. understand. Uh, Vyacheslav's Booty Yet's Believer said, thoughts on uh, and crossed out Cody getting screwed and said, The Rock versus Roman Reigns. Uh, absolutely hilarious. As someone that does not watch WWE anymore, uh, had not watched it for a bit because of a lot of the uh, stuff that was going on behind the scenes and the allegations that had come out and did not feel great about it. Didn't like the creative. And then the lawsuit that came out reinforced all of that for me um, that W and just because Vince is gone, doesn't change any of that WWE is implicated in the lawsuit. There are plenty of people there that are unnamed, but helped cover up all the things that happened. So I do not watch. I do not support. But to see this is hilarious because The Rock came back, and it was obvious when, he, at least to me, that him coming back, he was going to want to have the main event. Um, and it's just bad creative, really bad creative. It's hilarious. I'm I'm enjoying it, watching it kind of burn down from the side. That's it. Good. Yeah. So great. I mean, I think it's going to turn into work. I think they're going to do Cody versus Rock versus Roman now that with all of the <laughs> negative uh, response that they've gotten, but. Oh, yep. Okay. Uh, Doctor Plant, would you like to add anything? I know. I'm just the the fact you know all this shit is just like astounding to me. Oh, you should go on our wrestling chat. I, I listen, look at it every now and again. I listen to wrestling podcasts and I listen to <laughs> hockey podcasts. That's kind of it for me at this point. It's just funny. It's just really funny. It's amusing I, to me. I so I subscribe to Fightful Select, a Patreon where I get information from. Pay five dollars yep. a month for it. So. Go Good. support Patreons, including ours. Um, <laughs> Dr. Plant Ranch, PhD Thugonomics says, what are the, uh, what the ducks and Zegris do in their, oh, never mind. This, this is a reply. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, we, Weaver said, assuming each hit their ceilings, uh, what are realistic contracts for future ducks captain Leo and number one D Minchikov after the ELCs? Does Verbeek hand out eight-year deals or does he give them the bridge deal special? I feel like Carlson is going to get an eight-year deal. Yeah, I think so too. Just, I mean, this is a dumb reason, but the fact that they gave him his number right and, away. And I don't love the conversation of, well, Verbeek didn't draft Segris in terms of being more open to move him. But there is something to the fact of this was Verbeek's guy. He took a stand. Well, on Leo Carlson. Carlson's also a different tier of player. Yeah, that too. Like he's a first, I mean, a first. Minchikov would be a better caliber way. player. He was second in a draft where the first pick is a generational player. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think he's probably going to get an eight-year deal. I would be very surprised if he didn't. And Minchikov, I mean, 
I don't know. I don't have a good feel on that one. Yeah, I I don't either. Um, let's see. Brig Greg Holmes said, scale of one to ten, how sad are you uh, going to be seeing Perry in an Oilers sweater? I'm like at a one. I, I, I guess I'm just... I just don't care. Maybe I mean, it's I just hope me. He goes yeah. And gets a cup. Yeah, maybe it's just me, but like him going to Dallas, I think was really weird. And that was weirder for me than him going to Edmonton. Because at this point, this is what team number five for him after the yeah, Ducks. The, the shock value's worn off. And like going to Chicago was way worse for me than going to Edmonton. Yeah, but well, also the Ducks beat Edmonton. Yeah, exactly. There's something to that as well. Yeah, it, it's a one for me. I, I just, I don't. I don't feel anything about it, I guess. Uh, Nevada Maniac said, realistic returns for Henrique and Frank Vetrano. So we kind of went through that already. Henrique answered. Yeah. So uh, D-Rock said, thoughts on Kucherov mailing it in during the skills comp. I don't know if Derek's listening to this and yeah, just, just is doing that to troll that. or if he just read your mind and how you uh, told me about that. So, Well, I don't think people said like, oh, it's because he was drunk or blah, blah. But I think he stopped trying once he realized he couldn't win it, like mathematically, like because he, he yeah. lost the first few events. But you sh- I will say you should go back and watch this skills competition because I okay. thought it was actually really good this year. Well, yeah. And it's exactly like what I like. I like that type of stuff where you make it into a competition. You have it kind of be this thing where there's actual stakes to it and makes it fun and enjoyable. There there was just enough stakes, but also just the events they were doing themselves. They really simplified them to being drills Mm -hmm. that the players themselves might do in the off season. There's still some work that can be done, but like fastest skater was legit. Like, like I was, I was, I was like kind of, nervous about what would happen even though i already knew what would happen just because i saw it on twitter um the obstacle course is really good the one-on-one challenge with like the breakaway challenge on the the Mm -hmm. goalies actually did really really well which i was shocked by so because the thing is the goalies had an incentive too it was like 100k or something oh crap i didn't realize that yeah like i just i think there's still work to be done but they really did this was a good step i really enjoyed it and we haven't even talked about this, but there's not going to be another another All Star game for two seasons because the te- players are having the World Cup of or the, the Four, Four Nations, Nations Cup, and then the Olympics the year after. Yeah. So well, also just the last thing on the All Star is that uh, Connor McDavid went last in the speed the the speed mm-hmm. challenge or speed competition, mm-hmm. and I think Bucci Gross had the, one of the better calls I've heard, where like as McDavid was rounding the corner. Mm-hmm. just flying with his crossovers he was just like oh this looks different <laughs> and it's like yeah after you saw everyone else go yeah. and then you see Connor mcdavid just completely obliterate everyone it was like damn like he is he, he is just in a different tier than yeah. everyone else although matt barzell like at least gave him gave him a run for his money yep so all right so we're gonna get fun. to question get to questions that i got from twitter so we had a couple there, and then we'll go to Twitch and Discord. So Luke Caccia said, uh, who's been the Ducks' best player this season in your eyes? Um, uh, Troy Terry. Yeah, Terry or Carlson. Terry or Carlson. I think Gudis has a little bit of a claim there, but I think it's Terry. Gudis is more of an analytics darling than, yeah. like, just true impact. <laughs> Fair. Uh, Hockey Rush said, is Cutter Gochia going to wear number 29 after signing with the Ducks? Did he pick that number, or are the Ducks giving him that number? Uh, you can go on websites to buy a jersey, and that was the Ducks number for his jersey. But now, but he just went on the sites, and it's not available. So yeah, I think I, that's. I, I wouldn't put any stock into that. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, yeah. Wait and, and see. 
yeah, I, I would kind of wait to see what happens there. Um, and then I know we got some I'm trying to go to, I know you, you had some replies to you. Uh, yeah. About... I mean, we kind of, we kind of addressed the ones that okay. I got. Okay. The Toronto Henry trade return. Got it. So, uh, all right. Luke, Luke asked, which is more extreme Pat's procrastination or Frank Cervalli's terribleness? Frank. Yeah. I don't think Pat's per- like, do you think, Pat procrastinates that much. I mean, if we're factoring in the Zegers contract, I more meant deadline. Well, I think that everything is fair game with him. Okay. But nobody can be worse than Frank. Yeah. So. All right. So now we're going to hit our Twitch and YouTube chat. So for those of you listening to this on your favorite podcast services, you can find us each and every, well, typically Monday nights at 8 p.m. And you can find us at twitch.tv slash crash pond, where if you have amazon prime you get one free twitch prime gaming sub each and every month and it does help support us more than you can imagine you get special emotes in the chat special badges next to your name and uh, you can be just like our good friend lou who resubscribed for 64 months so thank you so much for uh to lou for that and so anyone in the twitch chat if you want your questions uh answered please start throwing them in or if you're listening to this and you want to find us on youtube and yes i know everyone has a youtube account everyone does Go to youtube.com slash crash the pond. Um, and you can support us there by liking our videos, subscribing to the channel, or there's the ability to monetarily support us there with super chat, super chats also. And we will get to those right away if you want to help us out there. But liking the videos, watching the videos there, it all helps out. Um, so we got a couple questions come in. Uh, Sean Fight said, Defenseman Zeev BM, BM, I'm going to really need to figure Boyum. out his BM. Uh, is top 10 draft prospect from Orange County. Can the Ducks pick a defenseman with their most likely top 10 pick this year? Yeah, but I don't think it would be Booyam because yeah. he's, a, he's a lefty. I think that the the guy that they would pick would be Artem Lefshunov. That would be the, the D-man I think that they would get. Yep, and right now, shout out X Nicholas Rage, who resubbed also. Uh, been subbed for 13 months, so thank you so much. And then Elizabeth Leo said... Uh, uh, question, who do you personally think is more valuable to this team? Zegris or McTavish? Zegris. Yeah. I think Zegris. question. I think McTavish, McTavish is a bit more replaceable, I think. Yeah, that's the thing. Who's more replaceable? It's Mason McTavish. Yeah, I think. And, what it's, Zegris, and it's not easy to replace a guy like that, but Zegris is a rare talent. Yep. Uh, X Nicholas Rage said, uh, any young player needing a change of scenery, like uh, typical a couple years ago that you'd like the Ducks to target as a return outside of like Kako, I guess. Uh, Kaliev, that's easy. I think Kaliev, I'm intrigued by, but I also don't feel like I know a whole lot about him. But he's probably he's probably the one that I would take a look and at. To be fair, I have not watched a lot of these players. I'm more so just looking at the numbers. <laughs> their and names. Think, well, it's not just the names, but seeing their numbers and seeing how they're probably not being utilized and their uh their guys well, especially that especially with LA. If they're being put in a better spot and a spot to thrive, that they may uh, be in a spot to really, uh, to really thrive and make that next step. And so I think Kaliev is one I would target. I mentioned this earlier. Getting a guy out of LA though for the Ducks, I think, is very tough. Doing the deal between those two teams, I think, is not as easy as we would think or want it to be. But yeah, we saw Calgary, done. Calgary, and Vancouver make a trade. Yeah, like I mean, it's, like, it's it's not Calgary, Edmonton, but it's the, still the Kings don't even value. Kaliev, like they're not even they're yeah. healthy scratching him so although now there's a new coach but yeah uh new coach that was with that was an assistant coach there also so it's not as yeah. if he's really that like it's the same 
people running the team. Yeah, yeah. Well, clearly and, there's a message of like something's got to change. Yeah. Um, CM Prairie Ducks 47 said, if the Ducks should uh, manage to get a young forward at the deadline, should the Ducks focus their draft pick on selecting Levshinov? No, because no matter what young forward they're going to get at the deadline will not be as good as one of these top forwards yeah. that they can get in the draft. Like, like I think it, I mean, obviously if you take first, you're taking, you get first, you're taking Macklin Celebrini. Yes. And what number two is what Caden Lindstrom right now. I mean, the draft starts at number two. <laughs> yeah. It's, whether, it's, whether it's, it's Lindstrom or right Levshinov or yeah. So there's I, a I, lot I, of, there's a lot of difference in opinions of yeah. who's number two. So I, I think it ends up coming down to who's best player available. And so I, well, I think that that's like an unanswerable question because it just depends on how you rate the players agreed. But I don't think that you focus on taking a like positional need. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You take like, best player available. Like to me, if you're at number two, yeah, you could, you could justify like a, a love Shunov because right shot D the ducks don't have a lot of depth in their system on that side. So it wouldn't make sense. He's also highly skilled. Um, but Caden Lindstrom is also a guy who like they're not replete with. Um, Ivan Demidov is also a guy like that. So there's just so many different ways you could go, which is kind of what's what's fun about this draft. Well, yeah, is Demidov gonna slide though? Slide though because of the Russian factor? I don't know. It doesn't. I think I think the concerns with him aren't as big as they were with Mitchkov. Well, but you now have what was it? Putin saying four or I, five years. But I think well he's. I don't think he's going to go. Like, the Ducks aren't drafting Demidov. I'm just throwing a name no, out there. Yeah. But it's the same thing with like Anton Salayev, like another Russian guy. Yeah. So, like, I, I think they're all going to go later, later in the top 10, though. I don't think they're going to go that high because of that factor. Yeah. But like that, that would be very much overrating the people below them. Potentially. Like, there is still a, a talent gap here. Sure. But you're dealing with the four to five years out. But situation. we don't, I mean, we don't know if that's actually because I think Demidov's contract is up after this season. Okay, so, so yeah, that could change things then. Uh, Hardcore yeah. Luchador said, can we make it so whomever whomever lugs the puck up on the power play at least has an option to not pass it back for speedy entry? That's just such trash. Second, aren't we glad we didn't get Pierre-Luc Dubois? Um, yeah, I mean, that that like structured break, uh, uh, zone entry for the Ducks on the power play where they skate into the neutral zone and then drop it off, it was just not working. Um, I think it was against the Sharks. I'm, trying to now remember all the games from last week um with that the puck dump from uh or the zellweger skating up and then basically stopping at center ice like i think it really made it so predictable and they need to come up with something else where he can either skate it in dump it in and have someone change chase it just something to be able to change it up and not be as predictable there i like i don't mind that that play for a zone entry because you're moving it to a guy with speed but i think when you're doing it so much that it becomes predictable is when it becomes a problem yeah, I don't. I don't think that was. I don't think it was that big of a deal. But okay. And then yeah. Pierre Luc Dubois. Yeah, I mean the issue with Dubois was the, it's the, the extension. The extension's yeah. bad. Like the deal's not great. I don't think he's great. been as bad as as people are making it out to be. But the contract is still not ideal. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Uh, let's see. Christian Batista and there's. I'm now seeing one. I had a couple ahead of him, so we'll get to those also. Uh, said question: The way Fowler is playing, do you see him finishing his career with the Ducks? Or does he go and chase a cup somewhere else? I mean, he might once his contract is up. Yeah, I think we'll have to wait and see. I could see he, the Ducks. He's only bring got him. two years left. I could see them bringing him back, though. On a cheaper deal to be like the sixth defenseman on the team. 
at that yeah, point. Yeah, or I mean, six defensemen. There's, eh, I mean, there's you have three lefties that are gonna, I think, be locks on the left side. Yeah, like you could play on the right side on the bottom pairing. I'm just, can we stop doing this? Like, no more lefties on the right side. I mean, it's gonna <laughs> it's happen. Not good. With, but I don't care that it it's working right now. It's not <laughs> ideal. Uh, let's Enough. see. Matt W. Oh, sorry. Elizabeth Leo said Perik is uh, projected to go uh, more near the bottom ten. If we happen to pick around there, would you be more interested in in him? He has ties to Minchikov and Saginaw. I don't know who this player is, so I will leave that to you. Yeah, I mean Perek's got a ton of skill. You know, maybe in that range, this could be the Cole Eiserman range, where because it seems like he may slide, and so. I think if you can get Cole Eiserman at that range, he does have a skill that the Ducks just don't really have in their lineup. So I don't know. Like there, there's just a bunch of different ways you can go. And you can kind of, at this point, you can kind of talk me into a bunch of different guys and I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. And I mean, also, I don't think the Ducks are going to be picking in the bottom. bottom yeah. I mean, the top they're 10, pretty like... much, they're pretty much set to draft in the top five. Yeah. So. Like no matter how the rest of the seasons go, even if it's great, yeah, with all the guys back, there there's a pretty sizable gap between they're at 38 points. Minnesota's at sixth with four six uh, in terms of draft ranking at 47. So there's a nine point gap there. That's really hard to make up. I think yeah. the highest that you could see them get, or I guess lowest, depending on however you want to uh, put it, is fifth. Yeah, like fifth to me is is the actual floor like i don't think they're gonna draft any lower than that and that's good yeah yep <laughs> get so, a top five pick out of this season yeah and i think that they can end up like playing good hockey down the stretch winning games and still be in that position to do that i think that there's a lot that can be built uh yeah. with that um matt w said question thoughts on jaeger sidorov next season um he'll probably be in with the goals AHL. yeah like he he has to go to the goals um, excellent Nicholas Rage said, if y'all have time for another one, any cap dumps you think we take and take on the, the, at the deadline, that would be a positive option. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it would have to be in a deal. I mean, maybe they look at something with like the Rangers, for instance, if there's a deal they want to get rid of, or I mean, like with in a Gibson deal, there would have to be some cap dumps. Also cap space is going to become more important for this team. Yep. So it would I have would to be, be a, cautious would, to just do that. I would agree. Um, let's see. Last one left side when Bojame played with Niederreich, who played the right side, it was Bojame on the right side, I believe. Okay, I think he has a left hand shot. I don't wait. Are you talking about Bojame? Yeah, was he a lefty? Yeah, I think he was a lefty, wasn't he? Is that the question? Yeah, uh, he was. I feel like he was a lefty, yeah, but I'm gonna have egg on my face if I'm wrong. And I think, yeah, he was a lefty, and Scott yeah. Niedermeyer was a lefty also. Yeah, but when you're playing with Scott Niedermeyer, yeah, kind of doesn't helps. matter who's that on the helps. right side. That helps. Yeah. Uh, Christian Batista will end with the. Oh, we have some shit show questions that we'll get to. But in the last ten games of the season, would you like to see any goals forwards up with the Ducks? Yeah, I want to see Nestorenko, just because he tries a lot of kind of crazy moves that don't all work. But I like that he's trying stuff, and I just want to see him kind of bring that to the NHL level because Pavel Regenda. I don't know. I watched him recently and like, I'm just not very high on him. I'm not convinced he really tries on defense, which is a bit of an issue if you're trying to get called up. So yeah, Nestorenko for me. 
And I think it'd be interesting to see him paired with Cutter Gauthier when he comes in because those two had chemistry. So you're bringing in a guy that or bringing him in a, in a bit of a comfort level, right? Where yeah. it, it's putting him in a spot where he knows a player that he's going to be on ice with. And there is built in chemistry there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's get to this shit show question that actually came from bringing us the dingus and Twitch said, uh, what was your favorite part of all-star game weekend? And why was it Michael Buble's presser when he was high on mushrooms? So he like walked that back that, that that's been recanted. It has. Yeah. I maybe from a PR perspective, it felt like it had to be. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was just weird. I'm not going to, I, lie. I was, saw it. It was hilarious, but I, I didn't watch the game nor the draft. I only saw the part where Connor McDavid called Sergei Bobrovsky, Sam Bobrovsky. Yep. But I love the skills competition. Yeah. I mean, it looked like it was fun. It looked like the draft was fun. I was busy during all of it, so I did not have a chance it's, to, it's all to on catch YouTube. any of it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'll check it out at some point. Um, all right. So let's see. Uh, we've got a couple of questions from our Discord and sh- for shit show questions. Uh, Jack Jane said, uh, assuming the Ducks are fully healthy and Gochi is with the team, who would be the line leader if this was an elementary school class? I don't know. I I don't remember what I don't line know if I was. that question. I don't remember exactly what that was. Um, I guess the goody two shoes. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, sorry, we actually got this question on Twitch. Also, Brandon Panea said, "I asked at the beginning, uh, but can you guys touch on the Kings mess? It's a shit show. It's an absolute shit show. Uh, it. I mean, feels... good on them for firing McClellan. Well, it feels like it." <laughs> I don't even know if it's good on them for firing McClellan. No, it is good on them. He was holding no. them back. Well, because hear me out here. If you're going to fire McClellan and you actually view him as an issue, and you fire him on your bye week, and then you do a quick search, you go and you interview different coaches, you have four or five days, you do a bunch of them, figure out who your coach is going to be and hire them. And then that's your coach. You don't go and just promote one of the assistant coaches to be the interim head coach where he's going to have the same message that Todd McClellan has. I mean, the same we, system. We he's been in that, that same. He's been in that same room. Let, let Jim Hiller coach a game. Show, where, like, I'm trying to think about when there's been an assistant coach that has become the interim head coach and it's worked out well because there's a change. I feel like most of the time when there's an interim guy that does well, it was someone that was in the AHL and wasn't on the bench. And so came up with a different technique, whether it was Jay Woodcroft uh, and a couple of other situations. It wasn't someone that was on the bench with them or with the head coach that was fired. Like it just feels very much more performative having that firing than anything else. I disagree, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Fire Newell Brown drumbanger said, which gif is more, more disturbing the, the Derek is daddy or the feet gif. Both. Uh, oh, I missed more questions. I am so sorry, guys. I keep getting told. Uh, let me find Twinkie Boy said. Okay, I'm now seeing them. Uh, my bad on that uh, for all of you. Uh, let's see. Ronald McDonald said, do you think the 26 offseason could lead to one or more of our RFAs getting traded slash unsigned? Uh, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's possible. I, I think there are ways to make it work, though. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Paul Cross said, uh, Celebrini had two beauty goals in the bean pot tonight. Should they trade Frank Vitrano and, uh, and Henrique and go full tank mode for a shot at him? 
I don't think you should go like full tank scorched earth with this team. I think that you're just not catching San Jose. You let the lottery kind of lottery balls fall where they lie. And they also had added, he's got a four over layover in Montreal airport. Where's the best restaurant slash pub in the airport to have a brew and dinner while watching hockey while waiting for his flight? I don't know. I'm sorry. All good. Uh, let's see. Uh, Retflow uh, said, question, a lot of conversations about D-Corps. What is the D-pairings after next training camp? Ugh. I think we need to see how everything falls out with this team. I mean, they're going to be pretty much the same as this season, yeah. except one of Luneau or Hellison or someone else as this as the right shot D on the third pairing. Yeah. Uh, Sean Fight said, question, is the James Wisniewski a veteran for William Carlson, a prospect traded comparable to what Henrique trade could be? No. Uh, Wisniewski had term on that deal mm-hmm. when that that trade happened. So it's just different. Uh, Twinkie boy said, do we finally do whatever needed as needed to bring in a true top pairing D man next season to play with Fowler while also allowing our kids to play more sheltered minutes on the second and third pairs. No, like no, no more roadblocks. The ducks have way too many good defensemen um, coming. And now he added, sorry, top pair, right hand D. No. Um, I think you have too many guys coming. I think Tristan Leno is going to be that and what they're shaping him out to be. Radko Gudis was brought in to be that, and you need to have a spot to see what you have in Drew Hellison. Yep. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know if you need to make room for Drew Hellison, but yeah. Or, or Ian Moore, or if they take a right-hand shot at the, the in the top with their draft pick this year. Yeah. Uh, a, a whole lot of things uh, could potentially happen there. So, um, all right. So I think that was all the questions. So back to shit show. Uh, the, the feet gif. Or no, the Derek one. We, is. we the, answered that. Sorry, I did not answer the Derek one. Uh, Doctor Planter said, "Would you rather talk? Uh, uh, would you rather be talk? Rather talk in an Australian or a Scottish accent for the rest of your rest of your life? Australian, easy. Sure, Australian." Uh, Jack Jane said, "What's your ideal Super Bowl halftime performance? None. Blink one eighty two. Just move on to the second half." Please. Bring Greg home. Was Jake flexing on us, eating at Solani Steakhouse and hanging out with a Ducks player on his established day? Uh, yeah, sure. Fle- definitely flexing. Uh, give 19 the, 19 the C drum banger said, which current footy player would you like to go scuba diving with? Sonny. None. Sonny. Um, let's see. Wait, was Craig Barube, was he an assistant for Mike Yo? I don't remember. I don't either. I felt I thought he wasn't, but maybe he was. Um, let's see. Bring Greg home said, "Would you rather be gagged with Mason McTavish's sock for five minutes?" Oh yeah, Nicholas or, or, Rage is right. Okay, actually. my bad there. Then so I was wrong. Your point is wrong. Yeah, or like both of Radcode Gudis's armpits, both after a game. By the way, I would just not partake. <laughs> just neither. Would not rather either. Not not gonna answer the question. Okay. Nope. Give nineteen the C drum banger said, "Would you rather break dance with Bruce Boudreau or slow dance with Dallas Aikens?" <laughs> break dance with Boudreau? Are you kidding me? That's easy. Yeah, he said. Which Discord member would you least likely want to get arrested with? Uh, who do I think is the least likely to not shut up when the <laughs> cops are talking to us? That's a tough one. There's a lot of candidates. Um. That's gonna stay between me and my uh, my dentist. Yeah, I don't I don't know, but given how chatty our Discord is, I don't I don't like my chances of 
surviving not divulging incriminating information <laughs> yeah um uh give 19 the seed drummer said why does lou have such terrible taste in food why is he not asking lou that i think we ask lou that all the time and we never yeah, get good answers we don't know unanswerable um, all right lou asked and i guess we can end with this for you not a question but a comment the san francisco 49ers will free us from this national nightmare on sunday evening see i don't dislike the chiefs at all yeah like if the if the niners lost i would obviously be soul crushed but i mean it would be a good story the chiefs back-to-back super bowls would be cool yeah and you have uh kelsey and and taylor swift yeah like the the chiefs hatred is dumb it's very dumb especially from lou but like yeah taylor swift is not shown that much on tv like it's all way overblown yeah also yeah there's this whole debacle now about the practice field that the niners got this week in the super bowl having like the, the field is like too soft. It's like below the standard. And now they're moving to another practice field. Like it's just hmm. the NFL and fields injuring players is something that they just can't get out of their own way with. Yep. NFL so, game in Brazil next season. Wait, what? Yeah. That was a na- where at them. Uh, what stadium? I don't know. The Maracanã. Or I probably, I don't I'm, think that's I'm assuming there's more than one stadium in Brazil, well, but, but that's the hit, like hugely historical one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but it's pretty cool that they're they're doing it in like a country that we haven't seen them do it before. So Eagles as a designated team, uh, there's it will be during week one, first ever game in Sao Paulo or Sao Paulo. I think that stadium I mentioned was in is in Rio, so maybe not. Okay, but yeah, fun times. Yep. So, all right. I think that's going to do it for us, though. All right. Well, I, I our, thought this was going to be a short episode, and now our we're almost an hour and a half. Our quote-unquote short show went almost exactly as long as we usually do. <sighs> we got a lot of questions from Discord. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> we're going to end the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to help support the show, there's some really easy ways to do that. The number one way is to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash pond. $2 a month, you get access to our patrons-only Discord. $7.50 a month, you get access to the Discord. Two bonus podcasts and uh, bonus player breakdown videos that you see on our YouTube. You can also leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate that. We're also on Spotify. Leave us feedback there. We are also on YouTube. So go subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash crash the pond. Uh, go check out our website, crashthepond.com. We've got a shop there. Get yourself your Anaheim Vibes t-shirt. Ducks are still Vibes HC. Till further yeah. notice. Yep. And find us on Twitter.com. And with all that being said, thank you so much for listening this week, everyone. We're Stay glad safe you joined in the us. rain. And we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.